season is definitely changing. Like you can definitely tell here when winter is finally over because the flip-flops return <laughs> into the stores. Uh, like the herds of flip-flops have returned from their winter retreat. Right? Like <laughs> my flip-flops broke right at the beginning of winter and I couldn't find any like in the stores, like the cheap ones anyway, for love or money. So we're at one of our big box stores over the weekend and I finally managed to pick up a new pair. And it was actually then that I noticed that they really expanded their board game selection. And I like board games, but I don't really have many. And I've really been wanting to get into that as a hobby because it's so popular these days. And every time I see it, I sort of go, ooh, I should go and look. And then that little like hammer goes on the back of my mind like, ding, (laughs) you don't speak the language in your country. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit like walking into the, you know, the the toy stores. Mm -hmm. You see the the wall lined with all the possibilities of all the games you could play with all your friends. Uh I think somewhere around here, there is a board games cafe where you could come in, order yourself a nice, you know, cup of tea, a little sandwich, and then like pick out a board game from Mm. their wide selection on on, on the wall. I do like places like that. Mm. It's a it's, it's a lovely it's a lovely concept. It's it's nice. It is, and it's nice because it adds something to do when you're socializing. Having a game, it gives you all something to sort of rally around, so you don't end up trapped in that sort of small talk cycle, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I am joined by Jeff. Hey, up, guys. And Murdoch. Hello. And this week, we are going to be talking about how we spend our free time, but more specifically, games and social games. How we can bring games and other activities into our social time to enhance and better spend that very important time together. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know if we've brought it up previously, but uh, it's a way of interacting with with your friends and with people in a not in a passive way like in, you know like watching a tv show or a movie it's nice it's fun but it's passive whereas interacting with games it's it's a really nice social activity activity it's interesting sometimes unless you sort of like you know pick at your friends brains and see how they tick <laughs> ah, i see murdoch is playing a different game to us okay that's fine well, yes and I think you've you've sort of like stumbled as usual on that sort of first reason why I'm a very big fan of adding something like this into social time. Because as you said, watching things can be a very passive activity and you can, especially like if it becomes a routine, you can kind of end up into that habit of going to friends' houses and just kind of vegging out, which is fine. It is interesting. My experience with that has been once it becomes somewhat of a routine it becomes a very anti-social activity and social company. That's it. It can yeah. be. It, it could be very limiting. And I think if you're not the kind of person that's into some of the more traditional social activities, like, you know, sports are a very big one where people would either go to bars or stadiums together. They'll get mm. the same seat week in, week out. They'll make friends. And watching the sporting event is a social activity in that way. Mm. If you're not clued into those kinds of things, you know, if you and your friends like are into, you know, more chill activities, you can lose that kind of social thing. And I think adding games and activities into that time is a really great way of bringing that back. Mm, yeah, and definitely. taking a passive time into an active time, which I don't know, like this, it adds something. It you know really enhances the. It, 
It really does. It's like, as you, as you say, we're talking about sport event. There's something very, very special about going to, especially if you're watching like a team thing, you know, football or rugby or whatever. There's something very, very special about being involved when something good happens, you know, where, you know, score a goal or something great happens. It's not quite like anything else. And you can get mm. that same kind of feeling and activity engaging in social games as opposed mm. to, you know, as opposed to passive socialization. It's very, very fun. And that fun is both of those kinds of fun, whether you're at the the sporting event or whether you're having a really great time with your friends. It's really cathartic. Like it could be very much of a release and you can finally mm. be yourself. You're not working. You're not, you're not trying to produce something. You're not trying to, you're literally just letting go and being in the moment and being yourself. And mm. it's so important. It, it can yeah. be, can be. I've had a limited set of experiences. I think this is part of the shifting conversation today. I haven't had much access to tabletop games or social games more so specifically. I was always horrible at card games, so I avoided those at all costs. <laughs> I don't understand what a jack is. My limitations would be like Uno, maybe some vague recollections like Monopoly back in uh, oh. back in childhood. Mm. There, there, there was an interesting period of, of time where I got into an MMO, let's say. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting time sink, but it was also an interesting like social experience. A lot of the enjoyment I got out of that was through the social time I spent with friends, mm. as well as some friends mm. you you have met through this activity. Of course, yeah. But it did fill a certain phase of my life, and these days I don't have the same attention span. I don't have the same energy. A lot of it is just, you know... Repetitive, tedious, I cannot get back into it. And I think it mm. has sort of like left a void in terms of a social activity I can enjoy with friends. Well, MMOs are a very specific type of hobby. Like you said, they're very time intensive and they require a lot from you. But I think what you're describing is that need for a hobby in general. Like, And that's what mm. we're kind of talking about in this series of episodes in general and i think we want to talk more about that specific point later about that need for a hobby but mm -hmm. i do like the point that you're making that sometimes at different phases in your life you need different hobbies to get you into different groups and mm -hmm. i think i wanted to start today with board games specifically because they're kind of the opposite of what you describe with an mmo where an mmo really needs investment they're large games, you have to pay a subscription fee, and you've got to come back week in, week out to do everything. A board game, some of these you can, you know, set up and play a game within the hour. And then if you don't like it, you'll never play that game again, and you've lost nothing mm. but the what you've paid to get the game. So mm. that's really where I wanted to start today was board games. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun one because was it over the past 10, 15 years, like board games have just exploded. Like they're oh, everywhere yeah. now. They, they've got, you know, it's, it's no longer just playing Monopoly and Trivial Pursuit and other board games maybe here. I don't know. I didn't play a lot of board games as a kid. <laughs> Scrabble. <Ooh>. Scrabble. <laughs> yeah, I know. Confobulate is not a word. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> yeah, because I know some enthusiasts of board games will point out that like if your experience is just games like Monopoly, you've not really experienced the progress that's been made in games. And there is some great ones like 
in very brief, what I really enjoy, there's a game we play here called Codenames, which is sort of like very, very oversimplifying it, but it's kind of like a Pictionary charade type game with like cards and you've got to kind of give, you have a partner and you've got to give them one word clues so that they pick mm. the correct cards. And what I love about that specifically in my life is that we've played it with lots of different people and it's a game that transcends the language barrier because as long as you and your partner speak the same language, it doesn't matter if different groups of partners speak different languages. Oh. You just give, ah, you have to give one ah, word clue. Cool. <laughs> and it's really great for my life and the sort of communities I'm in because of that, exactly that. And in that instance, you can use confobulate because they don't know if it's a word or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a real word, my language. Yes. <laughs> well, you are asked not to cheat. I mean, I will ask that of people. Please don't cheat. But is it cheating or is it like a creative outlet like Shakespeare? <laughs> creating words with no meaning to insert meaning upon them. It's a beautiful thing, really. It's not cheating. It's expression. Hmm. That the dad excuse did not. Dad excuses never work, nor will it work. I'm never going to stop trying it. But you know. <laughs> well, our house rule is we do allow hyphenated words. So oh my god, that. it's actually a word. I was oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> Confabulate, engaging conversation. Oh. How fitting. <laughs> Very much so. <sighs> I, I I have been exposed just a teeny tiny bit to this tabletop culture. I, I do have a friend who has an ever-growing collection of tabletop games. Now, do you mean tabletop or do you mean board games? Because I do want to place like a slight delineation here to say that when we say board games, we definitely mean a game that comes out of a box. These mm. days, it definitely doesn't need a board, mm -hmm. but it's a game that's kind of like self-contained. You get a yeah, box. Your box rule set. Everything that you need is in the little box. Um, you know, so, you know, like Betrayal on House on the Hill is another mm. great example of a of a fun social board game where oh, you yeah. get to work together and then murder your friends. It's great. It is. It's wonderful. <laughs> Whereas a tabletop game, I really do mean like tabletop RPGs and mm. games like so Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder. But I'd also place games like Warhammer into this category. They're games that they're a little more broad in that regard like hmm. dungeons and dragons you're telling the story together the warhammer style war games you know you're using miniatures to play out a battle in front of you there is a slight difference so hmm. i am curious what you mean when you say your friend has a collection did you mean board games or tabletop games i i think i think it is mostly board games i mm -hmm. think it is mostly board games but i do believe he does dabble in tabletop games from time to time yeah well, i think it's off it's, it's often they're not mutually exclusive the hobbies oftentimes yeah mm. you know you're going to dabble with both if you're dabbling with one because they kind of they kind of feed into each other in a nice they, way. They do. I think the main difference is that with tabletop, you're starting to edge into that point that we brought up with MMOs about time, where mm, yeah, to really yeah. get the most out of a pen and paper RPG, you've got you know these campaigns could go on for years. Just watch something like Critical Role to see just how far you can invest into a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we're saying Dungeons and Dragons just for the name brand, but you don't even have to play fantasy games. Like there's these days, like there's just so many tabletop games you can play in the Star Wars universe, the Firefly universe, there's Cyberpunk, there's Shadowrun, there's Starfinder. There's like hmm. horror games like Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yes. There really is like if you're looking for more of a, a, an open ended 
tabletop RPG type game. Like there's pretty much something out there for everybody. But I think the big difference with a board game is, as Jeff said, out of the box come the pieces and the rules. And you sort of like you play in this little self-contained world with a Hmm. tabletop. Anything is possible, but it needs like the so-called dungeon master. Somebody has to run the game. Often they're writing. They've got to improvise characters. They've got to, you know, they're the one who brings the game alive. It's a big investment, especially for the person running the game. That's the thing. In board games, everybody is a player. Yeah. No matter, you know, whereas in tabletop games, you've got players and you say dungeon master, game master. I'm sure there are other names for it. Hmm. Yeah, also, on that note, I think like MMORPGs do share a lot of DNA with a lot of these tabletop RPGs. Like a lot of the fantasy lore Very much. is rooted in the same place. A, a lot of the basic rules and a lot of the rolling of dice is pretty much it's it's automated it's digitized so you Mm -hmm. as a you know a a player you don't have to keep track of all these things whereas with a tabletop you will have your character sheets and you have to do the the tracking manually Uh, you have to do the math it's 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 analog (laughs) it's it's analog Um, (laughs) there's a bit more of a personal responsibility over your role in the game you're playing in the game it's it's more is it more active or it's it's active in a different way, I suppose? Hmm. I think what I would say is like a lot of the sort of ratings or the way that people describe these games is they'll use the term crunchy, which means exactly how much math and statistics you are as a player expected to keep track of. A lot of the more hmm. modern, at least the modern iterations of these tabletop games do try to simplify a lot of that. So, for example, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition is a lot simpler than Dungeons & Dragons 3.5. Hmm. But it's a give and take. The more crunchy a system is, the more math that's involved, the more free you are to kind of you know, make a character exactly the way you want and play a scene the way you want. So, for example, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition doesn't, I don't think, I'm sure somebody will tell me I'm wrong. I'm I'm sure we're going to get an email. But (laughs) the, I don't think it actually has an inbuilt rule for assassination. By the rules as written, if you sneak into somebody, they're asleep in their bed and you have the dagger over their throat. Once you do your attack, it starts combat. I mean, isn't that just a coup de grace, though? Not to get into the weeds, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't no, there's, know. Like, yeah, there's no, there's no actual specific thing no, for I don't Stabby Stabby so. Assassin. I, now, a lot of people like have house rules, and that's the thing with, that's the other great thing about tabletop games is you can kind of change the rules to suit yourself. And to be honest, I think people do this with board games and even card games. People make up their own rules to have their own fun. Hmm. Also, I'm pretty sure it's coup de gras. I just pronounced it wrong. I just realized <laughs> what I said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was reading in my mind. Let you <laughs> oh, 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 angry emails at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com in three, two, one. <laughs> but in general, like I think what brings them all together, all of these types of games, is People. Mm. It's very difficult to play any of these games on your own. Even like an MMO, like they're better with a a clan, a group, a common group of play. I think we call them friends. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that's a fine line. That's a fine line. Uh, I think this is one of the uh, like it is one of the strange artifacts of MMOs specifically. 
there is a fine line between the people who you will only ever interact with and see in-game and, and the people with whom you form like a closer connection. You get to know them, you, you know, you set up like real life meets, as weird as that sounds. But there there's a there is a variance in terms of like how social and how close you can be with these people that you play with online. Well, I think that's what's been so amazing about the past 10 or 15 years. And I think it has contributed to the explosion in popularity, at least of tabletop RPGs, is the internet has allowed people to find like-minded people a lot more easily. Whereas, quote, back in the day, you'd have to go to like game shops and, you know, mm. maybe somebody would be running a D&D &D game and they'd be looking for one person or, you know, somebody's dropped out or maybe, you know, you put out like an ad and like, hey, I'm looking to play and you kind of get what you're given in yeah. terms of people yeah. and this is the other side of these games and i don't want to go too far into this because i'm really not looking to pick a fight but indulgently minimal at gmail.com <laughs> indulgently mm. minimal at gmail.com the people make the game and bad people make bad games very true very true mm. it, like with like with any kind of social it's it, it, i think it's heightened in a in a in a game in a tabletop rpg but any social group if you've got people that just aren't your cup of tea, people that you're not jamming with, yeah. you're going to have issues. And if you're trying to play a game where you're all joining together to do a particular thing, if you ain't vibing, it's going to be a problem and it's going to make the game bad. Up, uh, yep, no, for sure. Vibing is a really good term because I, it also comes down to the the goals, not only of the game, but of the group. So mm -hmm. many people go into tabletop RPGs and they approach it like a video game. But there's a lot of people that they're not so interested in like the numbers and the fights and making their character big and strong. They want stories. They want to tell their story. They want to describe how their character valiantly does this, but also they want to describe how their character fails. Mm. And making sure that you're all on the same page, it takes a lot. I think we underestimate just how much empathy you actually need in these social games and you know, you really have to dig deep into yourself to understand, like, why am I frustrated in this moment? But also, what am I not understanding about my my friends, my fellow gamers? What are they trying to get out of it? And how can I help them get that? Hmm. Hmm. It, it asks a lot of you. And it can actually, you know, in my experience, it can be the opposite of what I'm looking for sometimes in a social event. Like, I'm here to relax, recharge, as I said up top, be myself and just, you know, really, you know, take off the work clothes, take off the responsibilities and just have some fun. And then you're sort of like, you're just thrown into this weird social dynamic of, okay, these guys are having fun here, but am I playing in a way that's helping them to achieve that? Am I holding them back? It you're working a again. Lot. Hmm, you are. But it's, it's important because otherwise you can, re you can unintentionally disrupt someone else's fun by oh, I brought this really strong D&D &D character. I've, you know, I figured out just all these specific ways that if I level this and I get this item, I can really break the system and do all this and like I'll win every fight and everyone else is kind of, oh, yay, yay, we won again. Wonderful. <laughs> and like you don't realize that they were there for the, the drama. Yeah, they, want, they wanted like failure. They wanted, or like they didn't oh. really care about the combat. They wanted that, you know, intrigue. They wanted to talk to that NPC. They wanted to solve the mystery and you're just there like, hey, when do we fight? When do we fight? Mm. <laughs> How can we win? Yeah. 
The social sphere with MMOs also does have that range. There are some people who are extremely good at the game, but they're insufferable as people. So you have to make this <laughs> odd decision. You have Tell to make us what this you really think, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Sometimes you have to make this odd decision of like, okay, do I bear through this just so that I can, you know, get through some content? Or is, or is it really going to take a toll on me, like, you know, mentally? It's a really uh, good to be point. To, you know, just to deal with this person. Do you put up with the bad company for the sake of the game? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a really important... And I suppose it's a question you have to ask every single... Then again, if you're asking it every single time, <laughs> yeah. you probably shouldn't be putting up with the company. But it's, 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 it's an interesting point. And I think this is where I want to start to ask the indulgently minimal question of, you know, how can we approach this? And it very much is like, it's okay to walk away. It's yeah, okay, definitely. like that, okay, you found a group of people that are playing the game you want to play, but if you're not having fun, if you're not vibing, mm. then ultimately, are you getting what you want out of it? And like these days, it's especially with like tabletop, it's far easier to go onto forums, go onto Discord and find people who are wanting to play and set up the, another game. So don't lock yourself into it. There's mm. a big, I think there is a big difference between playing the system you want to play and playing the game you want to play. Oh, lovely. And Love it. That's excellent thank, point. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> praise at indulgentlyminimal.com um, at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to send in praise. I love it. I thrive on it. <laughs> yeah, it's because you can have a Everything's set up perfectly, but if they're not playing the right, quote, game for you, mm -hmm. you're not playing the game you want, and well, there's no point. Yeah, because it comes back to that point that we made last time about, you know, how games allow us to experience success. They allow us to set goals and achieve them where in our daily life, in our working life, those goals and those achievements could be far more ethereal or maybe not even existent like you know your boss is just giving you task after task after task and you're not getting that sense of how am i achieving something i'm just yeah. completing tasks and i'm not getting that there's sense. no there's no there's no there's no ding achievement unlocked yeah mm. there's no level complete onto next level and games allow us to it's a it's a very human need that need for recognition that need to feel like you're doing something and this is where more in general hobbies fulfill that need very importantly like yes okay you've just sat down and spent an hour knitting that tiny little you know pokemon crochet no knitting and crocheting are different but you've just created something and like maybe that little thing you've created it's wonky but you made it yeah it's and, yours mm. and that that fulfillment that need is so ingrained in us and i think we neglect that need we at do our neglect risk. it I don't know. And it's it's also it's in there, you know, going back to the social games, it's there as well when you when you're playing something like a board game or a tabletop RPG and you come to a conclusion or you win or you uncover that bit of a mystery in a DD game or whatever. It's you get that nice achievement and it's a collective achievement that you've all worked together for. It's very, very satisfying. Hmm. And it's not something that you can always get. I mean, I'm sure everybody that's wor worked with other people in teams, you know, you know, for whatever reason, when you come together and you finish it and you get a goal at the end of it, the reward is often another job. It's not the, <laughs> it's very, so you don't really have time to sit back and enjoy what you've done, you know, be proud of the work you've done because you have to move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Whereas with, you know, in a hobby or a tabletop game, you can sit back and go, yeah, this is awesome. We did that. Even if that isn't success, like I think to really dig into what we're saying that there are many ways to play these games and it's, I think the most important thing we can do 
both for ourselves but for each other is recognize what we're giving to the game, not just what we're quote unquote taking from it. Hmm. If people want the story, they want the drama, they want that chance to role play, to act, the stories that we create are often the achievement. So even if like everything fails, everything goes wrong and I've had a character die and, you know, we described the scene, we played it out, the character made the decisions. And at the end, we all just kind of just sat there and was, for a moment, was just like, wow. And even though a character died, it was a negative experience. The story was an achievement. We made that mm -hmm. together. Hmm. It's sad, but you enjoy those emotions at the same time. Well, it's often like, in a, you know, everybody has, everybody that's played tabletop RPGs to a degree will have a story of a character that cropped up or, mm -hmm. so, you know, <laughs> everybody has immediately a memory of some ridiculous or annoying or amazing <laughs> character that, that the DM created or one of the player characters was a character. Often that the DM created, not planned, just like, oh, I need a character. <sighs> and they just did it off the top of their head. And they're always amazing. Like, they're, yeah, they are, they're always amazing, you know. For those that do listen and for those that hear it, I do want to say a, a heartfelt thank you to everybody that runs these games. Like, you have made an amazing experience for someone, I am sure of it, and thank you mm. for doing that. Absolutely. Mm. It's a lot of work and it's often unappreciated. Mm -hmm. Not unappreciated maybe because people don't know how much work's involved. It's not, you know, it's not a, not a malicious unappreciation. It's just a... But yeah, people can underestimate the amount of... The, underestimate the amount of work. Underestimate, but, I think that's, mm. the, that's the word, yeah. I guess... <sighs> One last question I would have, like, this has been my issue with tabletops. Hmm. I've never known how to approach them. So I've always had a passing interest, but I've never really known how to sort of like get into tabletop games hmm. and or board games in general. So, you know, as, as people who've had maybe a bit more experience, what would your advice be to sort of like break into this activity, see if it's for me or for whoever might be even remotely interested? Well, I think the first thing you need is friends who are already either into the hobby or willing to invest the time to get into the hobby. Mm -hmm. I personally think that another thing that's been amazing for all of these hobbies, both board games, tabletops, even card games, has been things like YouTube. You can go online and with any game, like rather than trying to sit there and puzzle out this Byzantine piece of paper with arcane rules that you do not understand. There's so many games I have played that have been like, we read the rules and we go, okay, we'll just figure this out as we go. YouTube has kind of stepped over that and you can kind of watch, you know, people like Critical Role will show you how they play D&D. It's not the only way to play. It's just the way they play. There's also great people like Will Wheaton who Will plays... Wheaton. Will Wheaton, who plays board games with his, you know, friends. And you can you can sit there and watch them play like a, a round or the whole thing and learn the rules as they play it. Hmm. So that could be great to kind of go, oh, is this game for me? Is this going to work? You know, watch someone play it. You have to be careful with some games like the spoilers and things like that. So you do so at your own peril. Learn the rules, learn how the game works, and then so just reach out <laughs> to some friends and say, hey, I've been really wanting to try this. Is anybody else interested? Do you want to chip in? We'll buy it together. Maybe we can get together on a Friday or a Tuesday evening, you know, make a thing of it. And we'll all, you know, we'll order some coffee, we'll order some food and we'll just have fun together. Yeah. You've got to put yourself out there. That's the, that's the trick. Hmm. Well, I suppose it's, it's, it's like proposing any 
kind of social activity. You know, sometimes it's, hey, do you want to go, do you want to, go to the match today? Or do you want to go mm. down, the, there's something going on in the park. Do you want yeah. to play, do you want to play a Byzantine board game? <laughs> it's exactly. the exact same thing. You know, you, you put it out there, people might be interested and then you go from there. Yeah. Mm. The only other advice I would give, and it's probably more for tabletop than board games, but I think there is some cross crossover as well, is go in with an attitude of I'm here to have fun, not to win. Because mm. when you go in to win, you can really kind of get locked into like a decision paralysis of should I do this or should I do that? I've got so many options. Should I do, you know, what should I do? Whereas if you kind of go, hey, if this all goes wrong, that will be fun too. You can get a momentum going because there's nothing that kills a game like everybody kind of getting locked down into, okay, it's my turn. I don't know what to do. And then everybody's sat there waiting like, okay, so you do your thing and then I'll do mine. At that point, you're playing for yourself rather than for the group. Exactly. You're trying to, you're trying to win rather than create a, you know, have a group, um, a group narrative, I suppose. Yeah, so with things like D&D, like a lot of people say, know your character. Know what your character can do and what it, what they can do well and make sure that when you're like saying combat, it's not all combat, but it's a good uh, dynamic to discuss this. So that when it gets to your turn, you can be like, right, I want to do X, I'm going to do Y, I'm going to do Z, roll the dice, see what happens, and then you pass it on. Spend, you know, while everybody else is doing their thing, definitely pay attention. Don't just kind of like, cocoon yourself in your own thoughts but be thinking mm. like okay if this goes like this when it gets back to my turn i can probably do this so that you mm. can keep things going because once the momentum builds up you find you start to it's like hypnotizing you fall into the rhythm of it and suddenly mm. you're laughing you're having fun you're <laughs> oh you know maybe, oh maybe my barbarian won't be able to survive this but hey what the heck it'll be fun to see if he tries and then you know suddenly you're you know you're throwing yourself off of cliffs you're you know, you're trying to ride the top of the drag. You know, like you're like you're trying to climb onto the dragon with that harpoon you picked up two sessions ago. Nice. You know, mm. Oh, there's nothing quite like you know dumb barbarian stuff. Well, I was going to say, as a side note, when you're talking about knowing a character and knowing what they're good at, when you do make a character, maybe not roll randomly for your spells as a druid because <laughs> you end up with really, really useless spells that are really fun in concept, but actually kind of useless you know oh, i've got knows what I'm, i still have no idea what pot roast is going to do with those bloody berries oh no oh, they're really they're really good when everybody runs out of rations that's what they're they good give, for <laughs> well yes they, they keep you alive and give you one hp but hmm. i mean and i think the the final thing i would suggest if you're really interested in getting into tabletop specifically mm -hmm. is we spent a lot of time j just now discussing you know know what your character's good at know what mm. you want to do Spend just as much time thinking about your character's flaws, what your character's bad at, because flaws are often what drives a character. So it's not that, oh, my character is this paladin and he's so, he's so righteous and he always does the right thing. And, oh, he's so strong. And it's like, okay, I hate this paladin. I yeah, hate this boring. paladin. <laughs> you know, like I want, like, give me, you know, give me the paladin who, you know, he's sworn his oath and he's going to, you know, uphold the laws. But He's just so impulsive that if he sees, you know, like a street fight, he can't help but intervene, even if it's, you know, if he's supposed to be doing something else. Or you've got a wizard who he's forgetful, so maybe every every three or four turns he doesn't <laughs> remember a spell. These flaws are actually, when, when it comes down to like, what would my character do in this situation? 
the flaws are what make that, deci- mm. that decision. Like an overly, like an overly social halfling that, car- that uh, mm. you know, keeps I'm, getting himself I'm, I'm into problems. This or... where, I'm, I'm guessing this is where the role play aspect comes into the story. Yes, def- <laughs> definitely. Really yeah. Get into the character. Mm. Yeah, because otherwise, like, if you're not into the role play, I mean, okay, I'm not going to tell you, you know, if you're not into the role play, don't get into the hobby. You should do what you find fun. Hmm. But if you find that the role play just isn't for you, maybe video games is where you want to be. You mean you want that clearly defined, okay, I press X and my character does Y. You know, maybe not, you know, video games or, you know, um, more like board games that have a more rigid structure to them. You know, some people, mm. you know, for, for some people that's much better. I mean, sometimes that's, you know, as much as I love role playing games, sometimes you want that rigid structure as well. Sometimes you don't yeah. want to have to think too yeah. much. <laughs> role play can take a lot out of you. And I think this is the final point I want to finish on today is when we get into these hobbies, when we're, you know, looking for how to spend our free time. Unfortunately, for so many of us, free time is a precious commodity we have little of. Make sure that I—I I would like to say, make sure you're investing it in something that's giving back to you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm working a lot, if I'm doing long hours, I know there's certain things that give back to me, and there's certain things that take from me, and I need a balance. Otherwise, I burn out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're with people who build you up people who you leave the sessions feeling energy, feeling invigorated, feeling like I can face another day of work because I know that I've got this great stuff going on in my life rather than, oh my goodness, I'm so exhausted. I spent, you know, the whole session in character and now I just feel drained and I don't know if I can even go to work tomorrow. If that's how you feel, like reevaluate. Mm-hmm. The free For me, free time is where I truly get to be myself. This is what my life is for mm-hmm. not work is there to provide that for me not the other way around yeah yeah definitely which mm-hmm. you know is we've talked about with hustle culture like i don't always agree with making your hobby into a job because then you've suddenly taken that you've taken some, of that away you've taken something that gave you joy and turned it into work yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. sometimes you know sometimes you know th- there's a good opportunity there and you know why not but other times just enjoy what you're doing yeah. <laughs> Just take it and enjoy it. You deserve it. Just enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. Enjoy yourself, guys, please. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why? what are we doing here if we're yeah, not enjoying we ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, just a silly afterthought. I've always wondered if tabletop RPGs were just like an elaborate ruse, <laughs> an elaborate ruse to roll dice. Yes, give me that natural twenty. <laughs> you said that last time, and it's still it's still, it's still true, true, and it's still funny. You're like, yeah, let me roll them math rocks. Okay. Uh, love the clacky clacky. And just as a final shout out, we didn't get a chance to say it, but Tabletop Simulator, for all you guys that have friends that are, you know, around the world and you want the joy of board games, but you can't be around the same table together, Tabletop Simulator is amazing. Go and give those guys some of your money. They deserve it. Okay, so thanks for listening. I really hope you've enjoyed this one. We're going to be bringing you at least one more episode on hobbies. So tune in for that one. We've been Indulgently Minimal. You can find us on Twitter at Indulgently Mini. We're also Indulgently Minimal on Instagram. If you have any thoughts, questions, email us at indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. I've been Moggy and I have been joined by Jeff. Yeah, thanks guys. Just uh, go easy on yourselves. And Murdoch. And remember folks, indulge a little. Thanks guys.
I hope you enjoyed it. See you for the next one. Bye. See you later, guys. Take care, everyone.